Hello everybody and welcome back to the Ocean Impact Podcast. When we last left you, we were chatting to Martin Kerring, Head of Economist Impact's World Ocean Initiative. This is part two of that interview around how the ocean flows through all 17 of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. I'm one of your co-hosts, Amelia Helt, and I'm joined as always by Tim Silverwood. Tim, we're ready for part two. How do you feel? Feels good. Hopefully you enjoyed part one. Martin has got a wealth of information on this subject and, of course, is talking about each of these 17 UN SDGs and these linkages to the ocean. So quite a bit of content. So I think it made sense to break it up into two episodes. It definitely did. I think, you know, it's such a synergy between what we do at OIO and this incredible piece of work. We really encourage everyone to go to the show notes for the episode and check out that feature um, that they did. It's super interactive, it's animated, and it does such a great job of explaining how the ocean ties in. And of course, at OIO, we're all about that. We totally believe in the power of the ocean to address solutions and not just be a victim, you know, of the challenges that we face. So um, before we jump into part two, Tim, was there a, a standout highlight that you uh, you really enjoyed from the app? I guess I'm just so thrilled to see The Economist group backing oceans through the World Ocean Initiative and to see people of the calibre and skill and intellect as Martin putting so much into this space. And this is really just indicative, I suppose, of what we've been seeing over the last three to four years since OIO has come to fruition in this global ocean health innovation ecosystem. So, you know, the Economist Group and Economist Impact are running the World Ocean Summit. There's just so much going on around the world. There's a lot of it happening in Europe, a lot of it happening in North America, but there's also a lot happening down here in Australia and in Asia Pacific. So I guess I just got really excited talking to Martin and being able to share with our followers and supporters this incredible piece of work they've been um, developing. Absolutely. A huge thank you to Martin, to the incredible team at Economist Impact, particularly, you know, World Ocean Initiative for being on the podcast. Guys, we hope you enjoy this episode. Please leave us a bit of feedback. It really helps us out. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review. On Spotify, you can let us know what you loved about the episode. Um, And if you're watching on YouTube, feel free to drop us a comment or hit the like button. It means a lot. And enjoy this episode. Cheers, guys. Thanks. And SDG 8 is about decent work and economic growth. And here uh, we looked at in, in, in our uh, data highlights, we looked at uh, the opportunity, of course, that already comes from employment in the ocean. We know that um, just the export value of the blue economy is now uh, about 3% of global GDP. So if the ocean was a country, it would already be the eighth largest economy. So there's a huge uh, opportunity for, for jobs in tourism, energy, shipping, fishing, aquaculture, and so on. But then beyond that, there's there's all these kind of areas of jobs that we haven't even looked at, communication, science. I mean, this is the UN decade for ocean science. Um, engineering, there's also increasingly focus on like maritime law. We just talked about the high seas treaty and so on. So the opportunity for creating jobs in the ocean economies is, is growing. And of course, there's also the industry innovation and infrastructure opportunity. That's SDG 9, which is um, all about, you know, looking at, and infrastructure and of course there's so much opportunity for this kind of green blue 
infrastructure opportunity. I mean, coastal wetland ecosystems, for example, help us in reducing property damage. Um, there's so much opportunity investing in these kind of um, nature-based infrastructure solutions, but also ocean startups uh, looking at like seaweed farms, tidal energy, all these kind of opportunities that are uh, happening and that are all creating innovation. I know your organization, the Ocean Impact Organization, is also looking at these innovations. And that is all about, um, you know, it's a core part of SDG 9, and that's where the ocean offers a lot of opportunity. And I talked about gender inequality, but there's also SDG 10, which is about uh, reduced inequalities more broadly. And that's, that's really about creating this kind of regenerative blue economy. And that really looks at reducing those inequalities that we see you know, based on age, gender, disability, race, ethnicity, and religion, and so on. And this is really where the ocean can really help us uh, to reduce some of those inequalities um and and of course we know that uh, inequality between countries is is happening you know we know in small island developing states uh they um contribute you know less than one percent of global greenhouse gas emissions but they are mostly the ones that are affected by the likes of you know sea level rise extreme weather these kind of things but actually we shouldn't be calling them small island developing states we should be calling them large or great ocean states. And often when I talk to representatives from, from, from these countries, they highlight that the ocean is a larger part of, um, of the, you know, their territory, but not only the territory, but also their, uh, their economy. So these countries should really be, uh, be valued and appreciated for, for their contribution to helping to restore these vital ecosystems. Uh, and that's what's, what natural capital is really about. But then there are other opportunities. I mean, SDG 11, for example, is about sustainable cities and communities. And I mentioned already how connected the ocean is with cities. Uh, and we know that, uh, you know, coastal cities uh, are about 40% of the Earth's uh, population. Uh, they, they live within 40 kilometers of the, of the ocean. So there's, um, there is an opportunity here to highlight the benefits that these uh, cities uh, get from, you know, from harnessing ocean opportunities, but also their vulnerabilities and harnessing some of those solutions we just talked about, you know, uh, for example, mangrove forests, coral reefs. These are kind of the blue green infrastructure that is really helping to protect these, um, these cities and harnessing these kind of living shorelines is really important to protecting and helping these communities. And that's often neglected because there's often focus on gray infrastructure rather than these kind of blue green infrastructure projects that can really help, um, help these uh, sustainable cities. And when it comes to sustainable consumption and production in our research, this is about SDG 12, we really look at uh, highlighting, um, you know, how litter in the environment has been a huge problem. Um, there's this huge pollution problem with, um, with plastics. We know that already, but chemicals is the neglected one. I already mentioned the issue there. And some, some uh, seas, like for example, the Baltic Sea, we have these kind of studies that show us that um, the, the, the level of chemical pollution is already at problematic levels. Like 96% of the Baltic Sea is affected by this, for example, and 91% of the Black Sea. And there's this huge neglect uh, because everyone has been focusing on plastic pollution, which is good that there is this focus, but chemical pollution has been neglected. And of course, um, there is this problem, you know, with this... Uh, overfishing, you know, we've, we had to have this uh, agreement last year. And when everyone talks about the high seas treaty now, but last year there was a, a big focus on the WTO agreement on harmful subsidies for, 
um, you know, on fishing. Uh, and of course, it was good that, you know, the WTO looked at illegal and unreported fishing, but what has been neglected is overfishing. Um, and a lot of these agreements, they, they stopped short of really addressing subsidies for overfishing. So that's something that really needs to happen for the ocean to help, uh, help with SDG 12. And SDG 13 is about climate action. And, and I mentioned already earlier the opportunity from the ocean to help absorb, um, absorb emissions. 90% of excess heat from our activities, human activities on this planet, uh, uh, are absorbed by the, by the ocean. And 83% of global carbon is circulated through the ocean. So already the ocean plays a vital role in, in climate regulation. But there, there's also all these risks we talked about, ocean acidification, sea level rise that come from uh, climate change. But then on the other side, and that's the you know that's the flip side that has not been looked at enough is is the ocean's capacity to help address climate change, which is through blue carbon projects. You know um, the likes of seagrass, seaweed, and so on we talked about. But then there's also like living beings in the ocean that have often been uh, seen as resources, but that are actually vital for carbon sequestration. For example. A whale. I mean, know that you know Ralph Sharmi, who was uh, someone I, I got to know through the um, ocean economy conversations, and he has been an advocate for um, you know marine natural capital, really valuing and appreciating marine natural capital. And he uh, had to um, draw my attention to this study that highlighted that it's just the the carbon sequestration value of a whale is three million US dollars. And of course, there's so much more about a whale. But it's, it's just the carbon sequestration really of a living whale. And often we see these ecosystems as something that can be exploited and extracted. But it's the living economy, it's the living ocean economy that already has this enormous value. And then, of course, SDG 14. And I mentioned, you know, everyone focuses on SDG 14 and says, you know, this is what the ocean is all about. And of course, it is the ocean SDG, but it's only one of the SDGs. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if we look at things like coral reefs, for example, less than 1% of the Earth's surface is covered by coral reefs, but 25% of those coral reefs sustain uh, marine life for 500 million people. So that just shows how important these ecosystems are. And it's really vital that we don't underestimate the value of these ecosystems. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the benefit in terms of uh, protecting our shorelines and so on, and, and, and really looking at, the ocean as a way of addressing our, uh, you know, crises in terms of climate, uh, pollution, and biodiversity, rather than just looking at the ocean as a, um, a as one of those uh, places where these crises come together. And I mentioned um, already that the enormous opportunity that we have in in protecting this uh, this life, you know, the, this marine life through the high seas treaty, for example, is absolutely vital in helping us uh, as humans as well to see, um, you know, the benefits of potentially harnessing these kind of genetic resources for medications and these kind of things. But then, uh, you know, ironically or interestingly. Uh, the you know the ocean is also important for life on land. I mean, if we look at you know seventy five percent of the rain um, nourishes life on land. You know that comes from the ocean. Um, ocean organisms provide fifty percent of the oxygen needed for life on land. Um, so if we just look at uh, life on land, we just think you know the ocean and land that's two separate words. It's not true. We need to look look at the whole connecting connective tissue between those two. Um, and that's something that we did through this research as well by highlighting the importance of the ocean to address uh, climate change, which then in return uh, helps us, um, you, know, to, you know, to appreciate the connection between land and ocean. And last year when I went to the World Water Week, it was important to highlight the source to sea 
connection. You know, most of the issues that we see in the ocean are are not ocean issues, actually, they originated uh, on land. So it's absolutely vital to see that connection. And then, you know, um, just in terms of the final SDGs, you know, the, these are all, you know, e you know, equally important, but, you know, often SDG 16, you know, uh, is not talked about, you know, it's about peace, justice, and strong institutions. And we've just talked about the importance of the high seas treaty and the ocean can often galvanize people to come around these core issues, the global commons. We had the UN ocean conference last year, for example, we talked about, you know, you know, coming together and really finding agreements. Um, and, and we had the high seas treaty, we have the um, we have the agreement on plastics. We have the WTO agreement. So the ocean can can help us to galvanize as a as a community to come together around these issues to end plastic pollution, for example, and to to reach this thirty by thirty goal. You know, protecting thirty percent of the ocean and land by twenty thirty. So the ocean is absolutely vital for connecting us to bring peace, justice, and strong institutions. And finally, SDG 17, which is about partnerships. And, you know, you know, our conversation highlights this as well, that, you know, it's really about bringing people together. I mean, the ocean is vital in these partnerships. And we've just done that at the World Ocean Summit. We've brought people together from science, from academia, from, uh, from policy, from business, from finance, the innovative startups. Bringing these people together creates the, the magic that really is important for meeting all of the SDGs. And the ocean is one of those places where we can rally these communities. Um, and it's vital that we don't just look at, um, you know, at, at um, you know, the ocean as something that is SDG 14 and we can put it in this box, but it is important for all of the SDGs and particularly bringing us all together. And that's what SDG 17 is about, building these partnerships, also with indigenous communities, for example, uh, with neglected communities. Um, and that's what, what, what the ocean is all about, you know, helping us to bring us all together to meet all of the SDGs. And that's, that's what our research shows. What a phenomenal piece of research. And you get an absolute A plus for being able to rattle through all 17 of those in succession there. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. You're probably going to need a, a rest and a drink after this. Um, yeah. What was it like, I suppose, working with the team and, and how did it come about that you identified that there was this, you know, very influential and impactful piece of work that could be created to create this sort of connection for people to understand those linkages? How did that come about? Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons it was really that uh, we saw this conversation always centering around SDG 14 and, um, you know, the, the, this uh, often cited uh, statistic that the, the SDG 14 is the most underinvested SDG. And, and actually at our conference, we just had the World Ocean Summit, there was often this conversation around, um, you know, the ocean economy is worth something like 2.5 trillion per year. It's the eighth largest economy, these kind of things. But that's all misleading. It's almost leading because it just narrows the ocean to this space that, you know, what, what it does now, you know, you know, produces these things, it creates these services, and um, it is all about life below water. But then it really is because the ocean connects us all. I mean, it's 70% of the planet's surface. And, uh, you know, every second breath is from the ocean. And also our economies absolutely depend on the ocean. And we just wanted to highlight with this research that the conversation around the size of the ocean economy, 
uh, SDG 14 is limiting us because then uh, we just have these these isolated siloed communities, the SDG 14 community, the ocean community, that's it. And everyone else can go on to talk about climate change and about shipping and fisheries and all these things. And then you have this ocean community. But in fact, it's all connected. I mean, the food systems, um, the, the you know, debate around climate change, uh, how we address biodiversity loss. We can't do all these things if we just look at the ocean community as a separate thing and SDG 14 as a separate thing. And that's something we have seen over the past couple of years. And that's why we have our uh, World Ocean Summit, where we bring lots of people together from outside the ocean community as, as, as well. And then we have our Sustainability Week event, where we bring ocean into the conversation around sustainability more broadly. And, and one of the ways to do that is just highlighting how the ocean is connected with our overall sustainable development agenda. They can really help people that are maybe not really connected with the ocean yet to really appreciate the value of the ocean. Yeah, you're speaking our language in so many ways. We we decided from the inception of Ocean Impact Organisation that we would be a little bit provocative around this idea that we live on planet ocean and really trying to make sure that the decisions that we're making, the way we view life on this planet is through the lens of the ocean because to not mm. do that is to be extremely ignorant and to send us on a one-way journey uh, to, mm. down a path that we really shouldn't be. So, yeah, we're really, really stoked that you guys are uh, similarly on that and also that, that narrative mm. around the ocean, of course, acknowledging how much the ocean and the communities and the biodiversity that rely upon it are a victim, but really not mm. just focusing on the ocean as a victim. We have to switch that narrative to the incredible opportunity and how it can be a solution for the future. And that might mean having to do things very differently in how we've actually treated the ocean in the past, but with that incredible ability comes like we've identified. You know, we look at the ocean and think about what we're doing wrong and how we're overfishing it and it's just devastating, but you could actually feed you know, you could create six times more food if you did it in a way that mm. was in harmony and was using science and best practice. So the ocean is an opportunity. I suppose the third point, which is going to lead me into my next question, is just around how much we need to focus on the ability of innovation and, and driving capital into these incredible scalable solutions for the future. Mm. And that is something which we're really excited to be collaborative on that there's a really tight community around the world of people either working in acceleration or vc or supporting these ecosystems to nurture and scale these innovations so yeah, let's have a little bit of a conversation about that you've touched on it a number of times so far but you know what are you liking what are you seeing at the moment what is the future for this innovation for a sustainable ocean economy hmm. Yeah, Tim, this is absolutely vital. I mean, and, and we, we've, uh, you know, deliberately uh, organized this event in Halifax last year, the, the World Ocean Tech and Innovation Summit, exactly for that purpose, because we saw this enormous excitement around um, the ocean and, and also this, this finance that's, that is available. And then we have these incredible innovators that, you know, come up with these great ideas to harness some of the opportunities we just 
talked about. But then, really, first of all, it's about bringing those together because sometimes they, you know, they're 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 the, they're the innovators. They come up with the great ideas, and they don't really know how to access the funds, the technical capabilities. And I know that you're with your organization, you're doing that. You know, helping with mentoring, helping to bring the resource and the capacity to those people. That that's absolutely vital. So connecting these these two and actually three really because you have the the startups the innovators you know the you know the kind of new ideas and then you have the finance but then you also need this the the experienced businesses sometimes you know larger businesses that provide mentorship that provide capacity but that also provide uh, examples and actually they can also benefit from that and we have our ocean change makers challenge for exactly that purpose so that we bring uh, kind of seasoned experts and people that have done it that have made it in the ocean economy uh, together with the startups and the innovators and that is really something we've been doing for three years now which has been incredibly successful and there have been some really amazing stories ca- coming out of that um, so for example we have the story i mean we've, we've just had uh, an announcement at our Halifax event of the three winners. Again, we had three winners each year. Um, so Tom Loeffler, for example, he's the CEO of Halbert in, in Sydney, Australia, uh, about you know cleaning and inspecting boat hulls. Uh, and then we have uh, Bioform Technologies. They are another winner uh, based in Vancouver. They are about you know new biomaterial based on kelp. And then we had um, Nadia Fabina as well, and she is a co-founder at Lumara Energy in Jakarta, Indonesia. So you can see it's like really global. And they came up with a solution on clean energy through uh, ocean thermal energy conversion. We just talked about the energy opportunity from the ocean. And those are just three examples. And there were there were lots more entries, but we would have liked to see even more entries because, as I said, the money and the uh, the, the business leaders are there. They're waiting for these innovators. So if you're a young innovator, uh, you definitely have an, have an ecosystem that is supportive that can help you. And even the case studies from the past, because we've run this for you know three years now, we have Kazimir Mobore of Tokwa, for example. I mean, he uh, he worked on an AI solution for carbon neutral shipping. Uh, and then Cooper van Franken, I, I just met him again in Lisbon. Uh, it was great to see him uh, going from strength to strength. And he set up like a, uh, like t- twin startups, really, the Ocean Data Network and Bearing Data Collective, which is really about collecting ocean data, kind of integrating them kind of with the fishing industry to, to kind of gather this kind of momentum that we have seen. And then there's also an innovative solution around um, about coral reefs and tourism. So Olga Lucia, uh, Carol uh, Giacome, she's the executive director of Pro Coral Reef. She was the winner of our first Ocean Changemakers Challenge, part of the, the three winners. And they came up with an ecotourism initiative to really help uh, tourists participate in coral reef restoration. And one final one I wanted to highlight, um, which is also very exciting because we just talked about the food opportunity. And that is Ling Kai and she's Chief uh, Scientific Officer at um, Shiok Meats. And Shiok Meats is, is really a first of its kind, uh, kind of cell-based uh, company that lo- looks at cross the scene um, kind of cell-based crustacean and, and, and seafood from 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 the people created in the lab, and they um, and they have really done lots of great work on on stem cells and kind of cultivating seafood, and uh, that's another way of looking at this, you know, really to um, protect uh, ocean ecosystems by creating seafood in the lab. And these are just a couple of examples of the kind of startups we have seen. Uh, but we obviously we would like to see even more of that. But it, the innovation is definitely there. The money is there. We just need to accelerate and, and create more momentum. And I know your organization is trying that as well, but we have definitely seen this excitement for a number of years now around ocean opportunities in all of the different spaces we mentioned, you know, from energy to coral reefs uh, to food, 
I mean, the, it's, it's, it, there's an enormous opportunity and, and there are organizations around such as yours and, and mine that can help to um, accelerate that moment. Yeah, it's so incredible, isn't it? When you run these campaigns and, and competitions and you just, your eyes just light up at the incredible people out there who've identified mm. a problem, but then come up with a very, very innovative approach. And yeah, I really like mm. that kind of conversation just then focused on there is a lot of ideas. Of course, we want more. We want to make sure that academics and people in the early stage of their ocean careers are thinking about commercialising technologies and building scalable businesses. But the money's out there and we just need a little bit more support around these great people, these great thinkers, these wonderful entrepreneurs mm. to help them succeed faster because we really don't have much time. Speaking mm. of time, I really think we've had a, a very rich conversation today. You've been absolutely yeah, fantastic, Martin. Um, maybe we can just sort of wrap up the conversation by letting people know a little bit more about how they can follow your journey and make sure they're across all the opportunities that you're uh, that you're creating. Yeah, definitely, Tim. It's been great to speak with you, and it's it's fascinating. I mean, we could talk about the ocean economy and opportunities forever. Um, and I mean, there's definitely uh, opportunities for anyone to get involved because at the World Ocean Initiative, uh, we have, you know, the, the resource that you highlighted, you know, our work on the SDGs. Uh, we've also just released a report on the, the World Ocean Outlook in 2023, which really looks at how to harness, uh, you know, a sustainable ocean economy to address those three key planetary crises we talked about, climate change, biodiversity loss and pollution. So we've just released that and all of that can be found on impact.economist.com forward slash ocean. So it's all available for free. There's no paywall or anything. Um, and, and and of course, you know, anyone is invited to our summits as well. I mean, we just had the World Ocean Summit in Lisbon, uh, which was a great event over three days where we, you know, we just mentioned, we talked about, you know, Blue Fine, we talked about the ocean data opportunity. We talked about climate and ocean. And uh, it, it was really great to, to have so many different diverse uh, people there. And of course, um, you know, we have, um, you know, our event in Halifax, we have our event in Singapore, and we have our um, our webinar series as well. We have a, a, our Inside Hour series. Um, and of course, you know, we want to make sure that we keep that conversation going. One of the reasons why we have the World Ocean Initiative is that it isn't, isn't just about these events. You know, people go to these events and it's great and you see that energy and you, you really want to, you know, you, you want to make sure that you keep that momentum going. And that's why, you know, podcasts like this one, but also, you know, all of the content we create on the World Ocean Initiative is about to keep that momentum going. So have a look at impact.economist.com forward slash slash ocean. And then we have uh, our Twitter account where we release, you know, this kind of content regularly at economist um, underscore uh, WOI and of course, LinkedIn and Facebook uh, and so on. But yeah, it's um, it's been it's been great to, uh, talking to you, Tim. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can, keep connecting on, on, on these great opportunities for the ocean. That's it. There's one big ocean and we're all connected and we're all working together to improve ocean health. So I thank you so much for the work that you're doing, Martin, and your entire team. It's a real pleasure to have spent this time with you and we thank you again for running through that awesome connectivity piece around the ocean and the UN SDGs. Thank you very much, Tim. It's been great speaking with you. Can't take the ocean out.